Did you get it? Yeah, I hit play. So the first noise that happens is. We do those that noise a lot. What is your cup? What's it say? It says move mountains. Amen. We had a sweet couple in our church in Jasper, and she always said that. She said she would always tell me that my preaching could move mountains, and then they moved off. And uh, out of the blue, she texted me, I don't know, probably a year ago and asked for our address. And I sent it back to her, and she mailed me a card in that coffee cup that said move mountains. Your preaching can move mountains, and it can also move a couple. (laughs) Just right out of the... They're like... Right the, halfway across the state. They gone. Yep. That was their last name, Mountain. Was, really? No. <laughs> that would have been a great little segue. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was saying at the beginning, I've noticed we make that noise. It's like the default. <laughs> oh, no. We just, oh, I don't even know what that is. How to describe that. I don't know. We just, our voices, our radio voices have grown so much. Saying. We started off like a couple of kids two seasons ago. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, we're just so glad to be on the... Welcome to the one hour week. As if it's live, even though we're going to be able to edit it later. Let's take some calls. <laughs> it's not that kind of show. I don't know. Oh, uh, this is episode 23 for season two. We kind of crushed it, man. We did a bunch of episodes. We made it happen. How many did we do in the first season? Like 16 uh, not, or so? Yeah, not near this many. We've, uh, I don't know, man. That's a lot. It's a lot of episodes. It's been a long season. Especially considering it's two guys that don't have much to say. Like, we don't have a lot to offer. That's right. And on top of that, the hurricane happened. Yeah. So, I mean, that, like, you know, was pretty wild. I mean, we did a lot of talking during that, but it was, and it was probably less fruitful. (laughs) There was good stuff that happened, but most of our calling during the hurricane was, was, I don't know why I was thinking about on the way over here, anytime you drive through that area on Mm I-10 and stuff and just think, man, all this was underwater. And you're just having thoughts about that. And I was just thinking how our phone calls <laughs> were mainly like, everything's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it was like a month of uh, just what are we going to do? Yeah. And thinking, thinking at that time. And of course, there might even be people listening right now who really still are trying to put things back mm-hmm. together. But for so many of us, life kind of just moved on. But for a while, it felt like we were going to be like Louis C.K.'s prediction of walking around with donkeys and pots clanging on the side yeah like that was the end of it uh but it uh just a testimony i guess of god's grace that we've been able to kind of get forward and even people still struggling are moving forward nonetheless so that was yeah so that was a crazy start to the season i guess before the season started i don't think we even recorded an episode so we've done 23 episodes kind of since i think so let me just check here on the old podcast go right ahead look it up it's gonna it's gonna do it here this makes great podcast great audio great radio so good just, man so good so good yeah episode one was on march 13th 2017 that was a uh, season one so not very good at this this is going great but reminder season one started in the 2016 no in the beginning of 17 so we, we only kind of did one semester oh, in okay. season one all right I see what so you're saying. season one started in like january of yeah. 17 so season two began in on september 17th 2017 and we talked about grace there you go right after the hurricane right after the hurricane and then we have rocked along took a break for the holidays got back to going and 23 episodes this will make number 24 so and so good round number and season finale, we're about to hit a, a summer break. 
yeah, the the writers have worked really hard to create a good cliffhanger mm-hmm. for the end of this episode. Oh man, it's going to be really really intense. Well, without any further ado, <laughs> no, <laughs> I've already got the cliffhanger. Oh, you ready? Gosh. Is this Pato? <laughs> Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jared Hollier. His name is Rusty Mont. You departed from your norm. You, you've The last several times you've been like, well, hello and howdy, like kind of like a weird, I don't <laughs> you, know what that character is. You do the is. greetings and salutations. Yeah. This is one hour a week, a 30-minute ministry podcast. Uh, I'm Jared Hollier. He's Rusty Mont. I already said that. Yeah, uh, sorry. Glad. Season finale, episode 24 of season two. In the uh, books. Not yet. Oh, going to be started. in the books. We just started. No. <laughs> Drop the mic. Uh, wait, what? Uh, glad to have you all along. Yeah, we're going to finish it up today. We're going to take some time off this summer. Summer is always a crazy busy season. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about that a few episodes ago when we talked about ministry seasons, highs and lows, busy and not so busy. So uh, you maybe use this summer to catch up on some of the great and mediocre episodes that you missed. Yeah. Like most of them, people who don't listen. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Derek Hicks. Whoa. Let's see. Let's see if that works. I'm going to get a text oh, yeah, next week. Oh, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so today, we're going we're gonna to put a bow on this season by talking about uh, ourselves personally. That's it. We're just going to talk about ourselves. That's our favorite subject. Don't know if you picked <laughs> up on that. Uh, things that we're learning because, as we've said many times before, we're not, we're not mainly pastors. Our, our, as pastors and church leaders, our first priority is to be a Christian and to be a disciple ourselves ourselves. And so we'll talk a little bit about some things that we're learning growing in personally. So how do we want to start this? Do you just want to... Before we do anything, I'm going to need you to take that Spartan medal and wear it around your neck this entire episode. The whole time? Okay, hang on. I'll do it. This is happening. He has dropped his mic. It's two medals because... So there's the... Hang on, they can't hear that. There's one medal that's for the race, and then there's a piece of what they call the trifecta. If you do three races in a year, it makes a bigger medal. And they, like, link together? Yeah, and they connect, so... There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. The whole time. He put it on. This this happened. There it is. I'm proud of it. I got two more. I'm going to get the trifecta this year. You're trifecting it? I'm doing a... This was a super, and I'm doing a Spartan Sprint in June at Cowboy Stadium. Oh, that'd be cool. And me and some guys from the church are doing the Spartan... Beast, which is a 12 mile race in October. Why? So, why? Because <laughs> I only have one piece of the trifecta medal. I got to get the other two. You got to get the whole thing. Pieces. Yeah. So 12 miles, man. That's stupid. Fun stuff. Yeah, I'll wear it the whole time. I don't care. <laughs> what if? Here's, here's our plan since I was so encouraging to you just then. We're going to talk about the things God's doing in our lives, and then the other person has two minutes to rebut and just tear it apart. <laughs> just rip them to pieces. <laughs> What's what's sad is that we would be really good at that. It would be so fun. <laughs> we would, I got a little uh, bit of glee in my here's, heart. Here's what here's what we're gonna do. Jared and Rusty are gonna take turns roasting each other's I'm not dreams really and aspirations. And discipleship. And discipleship. I took so the medals good. off. I'm not really gonna wear it the whole time. It's heavy. How does Michael Phelps do it? I don't know, man. And you're right there, right behind him. <laughs> When you finish the trifecta, you you're basically Michael Phelps at that I'm point. Excited. All right. So how are we gonna? We're just gonna dive in. That's what I think, man. All right. Yeah, you're up first. I did the intro. The people want to hear from you. So how Tell did you phrase it? I wasn't listening when you were doing the. I, I was too 
enamored with the metal, so I'm glad you took it off. Uh, so we're just going to talk about things that God's doing in our lives, kind of yep. what we're learning, where yep. we're at right now. We actually did this at the end of season one, I think, or at one point in season one, and it was a very popular episode because I think people do like to realize that, you know, everybody's growing, everybody's walking through things in their lives. So I'm glad we get to do this. So I will start, uh, and I guess I've, I think I have two. There might be a third one that emerges as we go through this, but uh, things God is doing in my life right now, uh, one is something we addressed a few weeks ago, as basic as it may be, but it's that idea of discipline in my life, whether it be, uh, uh-oh, did I cheat on your paper? Go you ahead. work on that too? No, yeah. uh, the idea of discipline in my life and not just, and I'm not there yet by any stretch. I'm very undisciplined in a billion different ways, but in the last several months, like just different sections of my life, God has allowed me to become more disciplined. It started back in really January with Bible reading. And I kind of did a 90 days through the Bible plan and read through the entire Bible in 90 days. It was nuts. Uh, But then I've kept going. We have some discipleship groups. So we're in the word consistently and there's accountability developed there. So I've been as disciplined in reading the Bible as I've been in a long time and trying to develop discipline in other areas. We've talked about working out. You know, I've been exercising three or four times a week, pretty intense exercise three or four times a week now for a few, several months, I guess. I I lose track of how long it's been, but been working on that, trying to eat better, failing about, you know, 60% of the time, but, you know, working on it, Uh, getting up early. Uh, This is three weeks that I've been kind of getting up insanely early, kind of jumpstarting my day, getting some stuff done and, just all of those things, I realize that there is a dimension of, of discipline that when you try to be disciplined physically, that it does kind of bleed over into the spiritual yeah. and vice versa. So it's been a good thing for me to try to establish that, but it took just kind of sitting down and saying, here's what I'm going to do. Almost, I didn't write it down anywhere and post it, but it was just like, this is my goal. This is who I want to be. This is what I kind of want to start doing. And it's weird how little things come up in my mind. Even our conversation with Derek the other day, I texted him and told him this. Now I'm going public with this, but we were talking with Derek about uh, just the way we dress and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this in a t-shirt, shorts and Crocs. Dallas Cowboys Crocs. So obviously I, I haven't taken it too crazy to heart yet, but even even dressing nicer. I kind of want to dress a little bit more differently, you know, just those kind of things. It's just funny how those, it snowballs, yeah. right? So just discipline in my life in a variety of ways has been really helpful for me right now. So uh, that's a big one for me. The other thing I'm, and so piggyback on, because I had written on my list, discipline works. That's the first thing I had written down. But even on days that you don't feel it, like when you're disciplined to do it, it still works. Um, so I, I preached a baccalaureate service in Vider, and then I went and did a, a senior banquet service for uh, Randy Redke up at La Texo Baptist Church, and I, I cheated. I used the same talk at both events. But my first point was that discipline is more important than motivation because when you lose motivation, you might tend to give up something. You know, you come home from youth camp, and you're all fired up, and you're going to set the world on fire for Jesus, and how long does that last? Like two weeks? We're working on 16 years of my life. And so, so when you no, lose your, your motivation and your inspiration, if you still have discipline to do something, then you, you still get the benefits of it. Even if you don't necessarily feel like it, if you still sit down and pray and study the word, even though, quote, unquote, I'm not feeling it today, if you still have the discipline to do it, you're still going to benefit from it. If you go to the gym, even when you don't feel like it, you're still going to get the results. So a bad day of discipline is still better than a 
non-day because you don't have the motivation to do it. Yeah. So it just works. Like you're going to see results of it. It's kind of like Toby Mac once said, these are extreme days. Or as John Maxwell, did I, did I mention the axe illustration on the podcast? Like axe body spray? No, like leaving an axe by the door. Oh. John Maxwell in no. one of his books talks about if you have a tree in your front yard, he said every morning, take an axe outside and swing at that tree five times. It doesn't matter how big the tree is. If you do that every single day, if you swing at it five times, eventually the tree's going to fall. Like the point is that discipline works. If you just stick with it, you're going to you're going to accomplish what you're after. So John Maxwell, Toby Mack, Derek Hicks, Randy Redke. Let's just see how many different names we can We're just dropping names. Episode. We're going to tag all of them when we drop this episode. So I won't I won't piggyback too hard on discipline since you covered Stole that you. one pretty well. I actually um, looked at your list, so I'm going to just Do you want me to do my next one? No. no. So just going to say ditto for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um for the last, I'd say the last six weeks or so, I've become really convicted about uh, my personal evangelism. Um, not just preaching the gospel, but sharing the gospel one-on-one when I have the opportunity. And one thing that's really helped me lately is uh, just this idea of not of not feeling like every time I have an opportunity, like, oh, I got to get the whole gospel message into this conversation and I have to make a convert or I'm a failure. But just, just dropping a little gospel seed every time I have the opportunity, just... Every waitress, every you know, gas station attendant, every random run-in where I have the opportunity to sit. Like this morning, I was sitting in a waiting room with a friend of ours from church, took him to the doctor. Just just kind of planting a little gospel seed every time. And, and that's really helped take the pressure off of personal evangelism because it's not you know, win or lose. It's not win them to the Christ or you've missed the opportunity. So what's your, what's your winning percentage right now? Oh, I don't know, 100% because you miss... 100% of the shots you don't take, but you win every... Do you Wayne see this Gretzky, medal that Michael I got? Scott. Yeah, it's a really nice medal. Um, and so that's just really that's just really kind of freed me up to be more evangelistic, I think, to realize yeah. that I don't have to make a convert right then. I can just plant a little gospel seed and then pray that God will water it and produce some fruit later on. Like I'm, I'm one step along the path. I'm not the guy that has to get them all the way there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Evangelism, so man. The last time I'm you, for it. Who's the last, last person you witnessed to? Well, Not when really, I no. walked in, your mom was walking out <laughs> to leave. I don't know how many people know my mom works at this church. My mom is our secretary at the church. That wasn't Rusty just <laughs> that wasn't your, your mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's season finale material right there. Just your mom evangelism joke. When's to you. the last time so, you witnessed? Well, I saw your, your mom. mom. Yeah, no, no, thanks. <laughs> I love you, Miss Debbie. All right, when you when this airs live uh, yeah, on your will, radio station, just pick it up. It. So that's mine. That's my first one. Plant gospel seeds is what I wrote on my list. So for me, my my second one has been, especially in a three or four month stretch. We said we weren't, and I don't really honestly want to talk about the SBC stuff and all the controversies. Who cares? Just Google SBC on Twitter and you'll see enough of it that you want Google to throw it on up. Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I don't use the word search anymore. I just say yeah, Google. Just, yeah. That's how millennials roll, man. So um, anyways, but in the midst of scandal, in the midst of people falling out of ministry, in the midst of people doing stupid things, um, I've been just realizing and understanding the importance of friends and ministry and family and ministry, accountability, I guess, in your church and amongst your friends. Um, it's been just one of those years, especially, 
Um, there's enough of us that are pastor friends in the area that have good relationships where we can annoy the crud out of each other, but at the same time appreciate each other. And it's been a, it's been a weird year because in some ways, um, <laughs> really blunt with a lot of our friends right now, I might, I might like some of y'all less than I liked you a year ago, but I love you more. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Like there are times we've had, yeah. we've gone through things together that, gosh, we wouldn't want to go through together, right? They're yep. just like the hurricane and just knowing stuff about our lives that has been difficult and talking about things that uh, it's just a blessing to have those kinds of relationships and they help us keep our lives where they need to be. Uh, even just, even thoughts and opinions about stuff, you know, to be able to have people that'll push back on what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and all those kind of things is super helpful. But not only amongst pastor friends, but uh, at home and with my relationship with my wife and then with people even in my own church, my deacons and elders, and just having those relationships that are kind of there to, to help us be who we need to be. Uh, the importance of those has been highlighted for me lately. So I've, I've tried to uh, take more time to not consider things a whooping to do. Uh, things like this even today is is uh, it's awesome that I get to leave on a Thursday afternoon and come over here and do this, even though we're recording it live Monday as you listen to it right now. <laughs> but but in your head, you know how it is. We're just too busy yeah. for all this kind of stuff, right? right? Um, so just trying to take time, time to be intentional in all of those relationships that God has blessed us with. So that is kind of just a rambling thing, but friends and family, uh, it's kind of weird to say I'm learning, relearning and being reminded of the importance of my friends and family. No, I saw somebody on Twitter this morning that said, hey, pastors, you're not allowed to write a blog about ecclesiology if you don't know how to hang out and eat hamburgers and deviled eggs at your church picnic. Like don't, don't tell, uh, don't lecture people on how to do church if you're not just in the trenches hanging out with your people. Yeah. So similar idea. That's why I trust Mark Dever. That dude looks like he could take out some deviled eggs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next one on my list is less personal and more uh, something I'm learning. And I hate that it took me so long to learn, so long to learn this as a pastor because I've been in full-time ministry now for like... The game, um, twelve as years. we call it. I've been in the game for 12 years now or something, full-time. Um but I just recently realized, and I would say within the last month, um, that we spend, sometimes we spend more time trying to raise up volunteers and recruit volunteers than we do making disciples. So, you know, the, one of the ongoing pressures of leading a church or leading a ministry is you always need more people, Right. You always need more drivers. You always need more teachers. You always need, you know, right now we're struggling to find enough sponsors to take all our youth and kids to camp. And so what I sometimes, and I, again, I hate that I took, that it took me so long to snap that this is what I was doing. We spend a whole lot of time and energy and thought and prayer and resources trying to recruit people to fill positions. And that kind of sidetracks us from, from just discipling people. And so the reason, the way that I found that I kind of snapped to this is we had some people in volunteer positions that weren't discipled properly, that weren't far enough down, that weren't far enough along in their spiritual journey to be in the positions we had them in. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like we put more on their plate than they were spiritually ready for. And so then when it came crashing down, 
it came really crashing down, like in a big way. And so then I, I had to take a step back and go, hey, we need to get you out of this leadership position and get you back into some discipleship. And that became an issue because then they were attached to the position and the responsibility, not in an unhealthy way, but just yeah. kind of like, hey, you, you know, y'all asked me to do this, and I think I've been doing a pretty good job of it. So then when we had to go back and take it away, that's when kind of all this train of thought in my own mind yeah. kind of started happening. Like we shouldn't have had you there in the first place. I'm, we're we're thankful that you were willing and you have done a good job. But like as a church and as a pastor, as a guy who's going to have to you know answer to the Lord one day about how you were being discipled, we did a bad job. Yeah, that was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, that's tough, man. Discipleship is is the measure of our ministry. Yet it's so far down the list in most people's life. It's the most. It's the least visible thing that we yeah. do um and and even like right now we i feel like we're as, in as good a place as we've ever been at cornerstone on it and it's taken we've talked about this on the podcast i think but it's taken us years to get here but now we so when i say this i don't want pastors and ministry leaders to be like we got to do that too and jump to it but i've got three groups of guys going through discipleship right now and they are um but it's taken us again about three years to get to that place where I'm meeting with three different groups talking about discipleship. But even in the midst of those things, it's the least visible thing I do. And I realize that, and it's taken three nights out of my week, mm-hmm. but nobody really in our church knows that I'm doing that. Yeah. So if they see my car not there this afternoon and things like that, they're like, well, what is he really doing anyways? Yeah. But they don't know the hours I'm investing on that. But at the end of the day, when I stand before God, the question going to be how big is your church? How big was your ministry? How successful was this or that? The question is going to be, did you make disciples? Let me chase Who that disciples? a little bit. So when you put together these groups, how do you, do you handpick guys? Do you yeah. promote? No. It's handpicked? No, it's, it's, it's um, intentionally relational rather than um, programmatic. So now, Hang on, my next question, and you can answer both uh-huh. at the same time when you approach them, is that the word you use? Do you say, hey, I want to I want to disciple some guys and I want you to be in on that? Are you that direct about it? I, yeah, I say, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to start kind of a discipleship group. I, I don't call it a fancy thing or anything, but I call it a discipleship group and I kind of I do it informally. Like we're going to be kind of reading the Bible and kind of talking about what we read every week and that kind of thing. So I kind of make it sound more like a loose Bible study group. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. It's a, it's a, you know, like I have a group that meets on Wednesday nights right now and we are in week five or six and we're just now starting to kind of get to where we're talking about accountability mm-hmm. a little bit. And even now it's more generic. So, you know, we'll ask a difficult question. And nobody really wants and, to answer. Well, the way we do it right now is just kind of as a group. Man, that's tough. Why is that tough? I try to ask questions about the question and just get us talking and thinking about it. But eventually, like some of my other groups, we're on like week 20 and we literally say, hey, you know, have you had any lustful going? thoughts? Yeah. And we go around the room. You know, have you watched anything you shouldn't watch around the room? Have you spent time with your family around the room? So um, so just different places, different places that we find ourselves at in the ministry. But, but like you said, that's harder to measure than, and to go back to what I started off saying about, you know, are we making disciples or are we just recruiting volunteers? It's and I've talked in the past about, you know, one of the ways to measure discipleship is are you getting people closer to the center of the bullseye, right? Get the people who are not involved on the fringes and get the fringe people more involved. And and, and that's one, I guess, 
faulty way to measure success is if you can turn a church member into a church volunteer, you think, oh, we're doing something. But as I've learned kind of the hard way, just because you've got them in a volunteer position doesn't mean that they're a growing disciple. Yeah, and there's different ways to do a church, different ecclesiology, obviously. But for me, I don't want to build a church where you need a billion volunteers. Like that's my that's my struggle every day is I want us to be less programmatic. So the center of the, you know, like you said, the center of the bullseye isn't, wow, they're serving and helping. Right. It's not like, oh, you're saved now? We need you, plug yeah. in. But rather you're saved, how can we help you fulfill the call God's put in your life? So that might be a ministry in your neighborhood. Uh, we have some ministries at our church, but, you know, we do some kids ministry and things like that. But I don't want to be where we're having to create a system that needs volunteers. Right. I want to create disciples who are intentionally going and engaging the community and making disciples. Uh, but it's that's such a huge exponential shift for the church in Southeast Texas. And that's a whole different episode that yeah. we would have to dive into because the, the counterpoint to that is, you know, when Paul lists the spiritual gifts, he says that, in the church, gifts are given for the common good. So it's not just that we need you serving, but we need you serving us. We need you serving this body that you claim to be a member of. So um, so we'll have to save that. The Corinthian Awana program was Make a, <laughs> super strong. <laughs> Make a note that we'll have an ecclesiology episode in the future. We'll have to get a tray of deviled eggs and invite Mark Dever to come hang out. Well, all this to say, uh, it's tough. Being a disciple, discipling others, leading a church... It's it's not for wimps. It's tough, and obviously Rusty and I don't claim to have any of the answers, much less all the answers. Uh, we're figuring it out too, but I'm grateful. Rusty, on a personal note, I'm grateful to have you uh, kind of walking alongside me, figuring these things out. I'm also glad that you have me. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> you knew, like you I could knew, tell by the look just, in my eyes. Like as, the, I, the face. as I was saying it. No, I didn't even <laughs> have to look at you. Oh gosh, no! I'm I'm thankful for the podcast. I enjoy this. Yeah, I'm I am ready for a break. Yep. But this is kind of how it worked. In fact, we we talked about this. Some of our probably more inspired episodes were after our mid season break. Yeah. Like we came back spitting fire. And so we'll take a few weeks off. We will do a summer special. Oh uh, um, yeah, at we, least one. We've got guests. We got a list of guests that we didn't get to um, this spring, but we'll get to them in the future. Uh, how many camps are you preaching this summer? Two and one. Uh, it's the same camp twice. And this year, instead of it being spread apart, it's seven days. So I'm going to be there from Sunday to Saturday. For the so, first time in over 10 years, I am preaching zero camps. I'm helping to direct yet, the man. SMBA youth camp, which uh, as of this week, I believe is sold out. There you go. We're at max capacity on SMBA youth camp. So if you're there, uh, I will see you there. But I'm preaching zero camps and I am... So grateful. For I, that. I'm kind of at the point where I really feel, and of course, y'all make fun of me because I say this every year, but uh, last year I got to hang out with Frank Aragon. Oh, and I enjoyed Frank so much that I was like, if he'll do it again, I'll do it again. Yeah. And, and they asked him, or actually I said, if he does it again and they ask me, like I didn't assume yeah. that they were going to ask me, but they did. And, and I wanted just to work with Frank again. It was worth it. So, uh, but I'm, I'm probably winding that time of my ministry up too. It's, I've got a wild two or three weeks and I'm just, I used to look forward to this and find energy from this. Yeah. And now I realize that it takes energy from me. Like we're I've just shifted. We're getting old, man. It's some of it's probably that. And some of it has been there, done that a it's little true. bit. You know, once yeah. you, uh, you know, kind of 
it's one of those, and I don't want to, I guess I'll just throw this out there, because I know that probably people listening think, man, it'd be so cool to preach camps and stuff, and it is, don't yeah. get me wrong, it's a blessing, but also once you've kind of done it, it's it's also, you realize that it's not as glamorous as you felt like yes, it might be. that's exactly what I was thinking. I can remember as a teenager uh, who felt called to preach, and you'd go to camps and conferences, and you think, man, that would be so awesome. Yeah. And now we've gotten to do it. And you're like, yeah, I mean, it's a great it's opportunity. Great. But it's, it's great, yeah. It's not the- So uh, don't let us discourage you. It's not the life-changing mountaintop that you kind of set it yeah. up to be. Like, it's a great opportunity. It's a lot of fun. But yeah. then Friday at camp ends and we go back to Cornerstone or Pecan Acres and yeah. just get back in the trenches. No doubt. What a blessing to do ministry for a living. We get to yeah. pay our bills doing this. Yeah, for so, sure. Hey, listeners, we're thankful for y'all. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um uh, whether you listen to every episode or whether you listen just every now and then when you're extremely bored. Maybe you listen at two times regular speed, just hoping we drop your name and then you pause that's, it and rewind That's Matthew it. Townsend. <laughs> so he listens to podcasts like nobody's business. He lives his life at two times regular speed. So Matthew, if you're listening to this, I just really appreciate you <laughs> joining on the podcast and we just love all the work that you do at the church. I just want to, him to hear that at like one and a half, two times speed because he listens to everything that fast. It'll be go. awesome. All right. Hey, we'll see y'all... Uh, on the summer special? Some summer specials coming down the pipe. And then probably around September once school gets started and uh, the summer is over. And until then... Do you want me to say something? I was waiting for you to finish it off. Drop the mic. <laughs>